0: We are continuing in our kryptonite series, and we're going to put some notes up on the screen, but even more of them will be available um, right there on your device, and uh, you can go through that with me today, and it can be a reference for you through this past week as well. So we're excited to continue in this series that we began a couple of months ago, and I guess if you've been around life for a little while, you probably have heard that term kryptonite before, and we go back to the Superman uh, comics or some of the movies, and we recognize that all. Although he was a strong, tough guy, right, that there was something that could weaken him, and that was kryptonite. And we spent these last couple of weeks just understanding that the longer that Superman was exposed to it, the weaker that he became. And we've been asking ourselves the question, what is the kryptonite in my life? What is it that keeps me from living the abundant life, from from living everything that God has for me? We recognize that we all struggle. In fact, Paul said to the Galatians, although they had understood the freedom that came in Christ, that somewhere along the line that someone tripped them up and they fell back into their old ways and they needed to know that there was freedom in Christ. And Paul writes to us about those truths. And so, for those of you that might be visiting with us today and you're kind of coming into the middle of our series, let me just give you a little bit of help. That over these last couple of weeks, we've talked about different forms of kryptonite that can challenge our lives. Kryptonite like shame or regret or rejection or sometimes low self-worth. We realize that these are all powerful emotional conflicts that a lot of people can struggle with at different parts of their life. One of the joys of, again, in our social media platforms is that whether through YouTube or off of our own app that, that you can go back and either through a podcast or on our YouTube channel, you can go back and, and review these sermons. Maybe you've missed some of them and they can be a blessing and I would encourage you to go back through this kryptonite series uh, with us again and, and again if there are some sticking points that God has been so faithful and truthful from his word uh, this over this series that God will help to bring full release and so that you can step in to the abundance life that God has for you. But as we've touched on some of these uh, bigger emotional conflicts that, that can challenge our life today, there have been some that I'm sure that you have said, but Pastor Jim, I don't struggle with any of those. Like shame's not my thing or rejection or regret, like, like I'm all good there. So, so what do you have for me? And I am so glad that you asked that question today. What is it that I have for you? Well, today it's a little different because there is a kryptonite that I believe that we all struggle with, one that we have with us all the time. How many of you have ever had your mouth or your tongue get you into trouble? Come on, hands up. Where are you, right? Can I say that probably at some point in our journey that all of our hands could be up, right? When you realize, Pastor, what have you got for me? Well, it's not what do I have for you, what do I have for all of us today? I am quite assured today that we have gotten ourselves into more trouble with our mouth, right, than anything else in life. So I think there is something for all of us to learn today. I think there are hurtful words at some point that have come out of our mouth, whether to a family member, a co-worker, or somewhere along our journey. I was at a store just a couple of weeks ago, and and as I was checking out, there was another individual that the cashier knew, and, and there was something going on in their sphere that they knew about, and this guy was prying for information. Hey, did you hear about... right? so-and-so, and and I'm here to find out what's going on. And she's like, I don't want to talk about that. In fact, she said this to me. She said, or not to me, but in the situation. She said, I just got baptized, and one of the things I know that I have wrong in my life is gossip. And so I'm trying to gossip. I'm trying not to gossip anymore. This commitment that I made in my baptism, I'm trying not to do that anymore. And i just like, hey, you know, that's awesome, right? Because there are kryptonites, right, out of our words, our mouth, that, that we have assassinated people, we have killed people. Jealousy comes out in terrible ways and forms that we talk about people because of challenges that we have in our relationship, that we've lied in our life. We've lied about people. We've lied to people. Character assassination, right? It's some things that we don't always want to kind of show the spotlight on our lives in church. But how many know that if you're breathing, you've got some struggles from time to time with the kryptonite that is our mouth, right? Thankfully, the book of James has a remedy for that kryptonite that we all have can fight and that we can all struggle with. So if you have your device or you have your Bible with you, you can jump to the book of James towards the end of the New Testament, and let's look at chapter 3. We're just going to kind of work our way down through chapter 3, and, and hopefully that we can come to, to some victory, some action before we're done this morning. James says this, but if you harbor bitter envy and selfish ambition in your hearts, do not boast about it or deny the truth. For such wisdom does not come down from heaven, but is earthly, unspiritual, and demonic. These things that bring harm that come out of our mouth do not come from wisdom from above, but they come from not only this world, but James goes even so far to say that there is a demonic or a satanic activity about how we use our mouth to destroy or to go after people. In Ephesians chapter 4, verse 29, it says, Do not let any unwholesome talk come out of your mouths, but only that which is helpful for building others up according to their needs. Can I get a groan maybe in the house today, right? Yeah. Not to let any unwholesome talk come out of our mouth. Listen, our culture thrives on talk. We have talk shows, hello? They are in the morning. We have talk shows in the afternoon and we have talk shows at late night. All day long, right, we are geared about talk. There is talk radio, right? Where 24 hours a day, people are talking. Today, podcasts are all the rage. People are trying to get their point across, trying to share stories of their life. They are always looking for an audience to hear them talk. I guess I'll be honest with you this morning. I'm not sure if we'll ever get the mouth thing perfect in this life. Perfection, although today, is the goal, but maybe to help us get started today, we'll say that management of our mouth is the game, okay? So let's find out what James says to help us. If this is a kryptonite, which I think it is, in all of our lives, how can we help get as far away from this as possible? You say, Pastor, do we really need to take the time on a Sunday morning to address an issue such as this? Well, listen, there is an understanding today that our verbal accountability is biblical, Jesus said this in Matthew chapter 12, I tell you that every careless word that people speak, they will give an account for it on the day of judgment. So is it something that we should talk about? Well, if you're going to stand before God and have to give an account for it, how many think, Pastor Jim, thanks for bringing it up today. So you were moaning and groaning a minute ago, you should be clapping and cheering now, right? Like, thank you, Pastor Jim, because yes, we understand today that verbal accountability is something that is dear to our hearts, especially those of the house of faith. If we are going to answer for our words on the day of judgment, then hopefully today will be an opportunity for us to get some things right. So let me give you a couple of reasons this morning why we need to manage our mouth. First of all, my words determine where I go. James writes this chapter 3 verse 3 they direct this journey that i am on he said we put bits in the mouths of horses to make them obey us and we turn can everybody say that word with me and they turn words determine where i go we put bits in the horse's mouth so they would obey us and we turn the whole animal or take a ship for an example Although they are so large and are driven by strong winds, they are turned by a very small rudder wherever the pilot wants to go. Our words turn and guide the course of my life. Like these examples, so our life is charted by the words in which we say. Words are the steering wheel to our life. They are birthed from our will and our spirit, And they are guided, whether positively or negatively. They have the ability to lift up, and we recognize they have the ability to tear down. And yet we understand that sometimes we allow them just to flow out of our mouth without the understanding that careless words one day are going to be judged when we stand before God. If you need to change direction, then you have to consider just what and how you talk. The second thing that James helps us to understand is that our words can destroy what I value. In the next two verses, he says this, "'Likewise, the tongue is a small part of the body, but it makes great boasts. Consider what a great forest that can be set on fire from just a small spark. The tongue also is a fire, a world of evil among all of the parts of the body.'" That little thing can corrupt your entire life. And I want you to kind of pay attention, close attention to these next line because it's going to come back to us in just a moment. This tongue sets the whole course of our life on fire when it's negatively driven. And it is set on fire by hell. I want us to look at that just a little bit further this morning. It corrupts the whole body, and it sets the course. I know a lot of people will say, well, pastor, they're just words. They don't mean anything. We have a reason, and we have an excuse for everything that we do and everything that we say. We take no thought to find what is the direction that Scripture has for us. We tend to find ourselves just simply full of excuses to do and to say what we want to say. But there is a place from where these things come from, and that's what drives us even more for this series today. You see, our words have the ability to set the whole course of our life's direction. We know that a careless camper can destroy a forest overnight, and a careless word can destroy a life overnight as well. How many remember from the playground, sticks and stones... But words, I don't know who came up with that, but there's been nothing more untrue in all of humanity. We have all been hurt by words that have been directed at us, and maybe the challenge of our heart today is to recognize how many lives have I hurt by the careless words, the careless actions that I have taken. And I think unfortunately what we sometimes fail to understand or to believe is that when we have recognition of maybe words or directions that we've had towards people as if it's a one-off, and I guess the reality that I want to bring all of us to is that rarely is it a one-off, more times than not, it is part of our lifestyle that 's not until we 're kind of brought face to face to it do we recognize i didn 't just do this once. this has been a pattern. This is a course of my life, and sometimes we need a friend to help us with that, who will call us out. But today what we 're asking is that God, that the Holy Spirit, that He would call us out today, that He would help me in this practical way that I don't want to be guilty of every now and again. I want to realize: has this been a court, course that I have been walking? Has this been a lifestyle that, that is a part of me where I'm quick to slam? I'm quick to cut? I'm quick to be jealous? I'm quick to, to, to assassinate someone's character? I don't tell the truth a lot. I, I shade. I, 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 I just kind of brush the truth. I, I come on, let's just say, I lie a lot. And sometimes we get involved in those practices so much that it becomes a part of us that unfortunately we would say, I didn't even know I was doing it. And I wanna challenge you, I wanna challenge myself today in this area of kryptonite because again, one day we're gonna stand before God and He's gonna challenge us and judge us on the foolishness of these tactics, of where they have come from. And ultimately we're gonna get there with some help this morning. I wonder how many people have destroyed their marriage, their career, their friendships, or the reputation of others by careless words. Proverbs tells us, watch your words and hold your tongue, and you'll save yourself a lot of grief. How many can say amen for that today, right? The truth of God's word helps us to understand that with the help of the Holy Spirit, by enlightening us to this that we can change the course of the direction of our lives. Let me give you one more in verses 9 and 10. My words display who I really am. You see, our words reveal our real character. They tell what's really going on inside of me. James write this, With our tongues we bless God our Father. With the same tongue we curse the very men and women that were made in his image. Curses and blessings out of the same mouth, he said, my friends, this cannot go on. A little bit of backstory in the writings of James is that he was one of the early pastors of the New Testament. And much of his book is written for really practical matters. We would really call him Pastor James because much like his chapters would easily be written then as they are today to be incorporated into sermons and messages for the church today. To recognize that although we have been saved from a lot of stuff without getting it all out, it's amazing where some of these pockets and some of these things can still exist in our life. And how much that we can still be kind of spewing out without ever being challenged by the Holy Spirit, or again, maybe even by a good friend. That these things should not be. James, again, was challenging his church and challenges our church today as well. That, listen, what a powerful, I don't think it's. I think it's undeniable, right, that we had a powerful moment of praise and worship in the house this morning. Can you say amen? I mean, it's without question, right, that, that the church, that the, our mouths were filled with worship and praise and adoration to God. And what James is saying to the church today, how is it that we can praise God on Sunday and yet cut and curse our brothers and sisters Monday through Saturday? It's as if we have a Dr. Jekyll and Mr. Hyde living in our mouth, right? One minute we can be praising God and the next we can be cursing or slandering or we could be jealous or we could have those moments of gossip. Hey, did you hear? And oftentimes out of the inadequacy of what is inside of us allows that to filter onto our spirit and ultimately out of our mouth and how reckless all of us have been, whether with our husband or wife or over our children or friends, that because out of some hurt in our life, in fact, someone had termed a phrase a long time ago that hurt people hurt other people. And so it's true that although in one way the Word declares, how is it that we can stand before God? Listen, we can have hurt in our life. I I understand that. But that's why we have a healer through Jesus and the Holy Spirit, right? To to change our heart. And ultimately what my prayer is for every one of us today before we leave is that we spend a moment or two asking God to consider what is in my heart by way of what comes out of my mouth. Most of you know John 3.16 if you've been around church It talks about how God so loved the world, but I'm not sure if many of you know 1 John 3.16, those little books of John towards the end of the New Testament. For he writes, this is how we know what love is. Jesus Christ laid down His life for us, so we ought to lay down our lives for our brothers and our sisters. You see, it's about ultimate love. It's about respect. It's about honor. And one of the best and greatest ways in which we do that is expressing it through the words in which we say, the words in which we believe, the words in which we use most often. You see, the truth is, is that the matter really is much deeper. The problem goes much deeper than the words that we say. We have to find ground zero. Listen, when we've been hurt by the things that people have said, for those that might be in the public sector, or in some senses, I know in my life, when, when you are leading people, I recognize there are moments where we can get a lot of praise and clap and for the good things that we do, but I've spent a lot of my life understanding that there have been a lot of attacks against my life as well. In fact, my mom used to say a little adage, be careful about the people that are rubbing and patting you on the back the most, because oftentimes they're just trying to find a spot where they're going to stick the knife in. How tragic of a line, yet how true, right? And oftentimes we have to live our lives guided even by people who claim to be followers of God because of motives that we don't fully ever recognize or understand, and we recognize that those motives are more than just skin level, they go deep. So I want to give us some accountability steps, some, some ways to help curb. If, if you have struggled with that, if you have been on the giving or of the receiving end, how is it that can I can ask the Lord to help me? How can the words of my mouth, how can, how can what I say really reflect who I am and what I am all about. I think here's a prayer step for all of us this morning. My heart needs fixed first. You see, the issues that we talk about, the challenges of of, of gossip, of jealousy, of, of lies, of attack, of all of those things that we might have that are directed towards people or know that they have been directed towards us, don't start in the mouth. It goes much deeper. Jesus said this, for out of the abundance of the heart, the mouth speaks. You see, there is a ground zero for all of this. There is a work and there is a place that God wants to touch. God wants to reach down and correct. And that is, first of all, our hearts. You see, painting the pump doesn't make the water any sweeter. It doesn't matter how good the pump looks on the outside, right? It's all about the inside. How sweet is the water? And so in the same way, I think this idea is that however we can look on a Sunday or however we can dress ourselves up, the challenge is not how we look on the outside. The challenge is is that what is the quality of the words that come from the inside of our life? So first of all, we have to recognize maybe my heart needs fixed. You say, Pastor, I'm not sure if I have an issue or if I have a real problem in these ways. Again, I think we all do at certain times in our life, some maybe more than others. And whether you're sure or unsure today, let me just challenge all of us. The first thing that we need to do today is to pray about our heart as it reflects the words out of our mouth. Yes? I think that's, first of all, for all of us, that every day, that that starting today that we recognize God I want to just kind of spend some time with you this morning and recognize that my heart be true and honest before you help me so that the words that come out of my mouth would not be harmful but that they would be helpful second of all we would pray and we ask God to help us but then we act Man, I love to pray and I love to encourage all of us in these areas to pray, but how many know when it comes to this endeavor, we've got to do more than just pray about it, we have to take action on it. And so, yes, after we ask God to, to try our heart and we pray and we try to understand what is it that His Spirit wants to say into our lives, and as God begins to reveal some of those things, or maybe we ask some trusted friends about what the course and the direction of my life, the words in which I use, then we take, again, spirit empowerment to act on that. You see, the Bible is clear that we need supernatural power to control our tongues, that We can't do it on our own. James reflects to us how powerful of a force, right, our mouth and our tongue is. The psalmist said this, post a guard at my mouth. Set a watchman at the door of my lips. Can I ask you a question here this morning? How many of you are paying overtime for the guard at your mouth today? Huh? Huh? How many of those guys are working double shifts in your life? You see, we can't just pray about it, we have to take action. Here's a powerful revelation that, that came to me this week, just in the eye day of my study. When we think about the words and the power that are in words, we recognize that creation, all that we have, was created by God through His Word. God did not, the Bible tells us, did not physically form this world. The Bible says that He spoke it into existence. You see, the power of God's Word brought everything into existence that there is. Our world, our solar system, these countless solar systems that science would tell us that are out there that that we are still but a speck of the universe of God's awesome and powerful creation how many think that's kind of a big deal right it all came about by words the bible says we talked about it earlier that one day we are going to stand before god and he is going to judge us what for the words the careless words that we have spoken, that we recognize that our everyday life, the words that we speak one day are going to be accountable before God. But here's another part, the whole power and presentation of salvation, of being delivered, right? From a life of sin to a life of righteousness. The understanding to know that, I, thank God, I, I, I may not be what I am, but, but I'm not what I used to be. That that whole transformation, the, the work of salvation, do you know how it comes about in our life? By the words. Romans chapter 10, verse 10 kind of lit me on fire this week. It says, for it is with your hearts. Everybody say, heart. It is with your heart that you believe and you have been justified. This is the work of the study of Romans, right? It is something that starts here, and that's what we said. Like, not just what comes out of a man, but out of the abundance of the heart. And so we recognize that this process that God gave to us, that it germinates in our hearts. For it is with our heart that you believe and are justified, but it is with your what? What? It is with your mouth that you profess your faith and are what? And are saved. You see, my salvation, we know, comes from the work that God did for me that I couldn't do for myself. And all I had to do in that process is that I had to ask him to come into my heart. But it wasn't until I could recognize that I was saved until I confessed my salvation with what? My mouth. The power of salvation, the hope by which we stand is in the power of our word in declaration of God's grace and mercy over our life. You see, for those of you that don't think words are a big deal, (laughs) our world and universe is created by the word. Our salvation is made secure by the words of our mouth. And one day, our words are either going to cause us to stand in awe in the wonder of God or have to stand and give an account for the carelessness in which we took for what God chose to use as the ultimate authority, not only in the creation of this life, but which brings very eternal life to our soul today. Does that make sense to you today? I'm going to ask the guys to come and help me this morning. I want to come back just as in closing a little bit to that phrase that I asked you to hang on to just a few moments ago. We read it earlier in James chapter 3 and verse 6. In that verse it says that the tongue sets the whole course of one's life on fire. Remember, we just kind of read that a few moments ago. And I want to just kind of step out for just a minute and to recognize the power of of our words that can set the whole course of our life, that our words set the direction of our life. And I want to take just a moment just personally this morning and and address all of our families today, but in particular, our young families. We have been blessed over the last couple of months to have... So many young families and and little ones to be a part of real life. In fact, we did a baby dedication today, obviously, for this one. But a few months ago, we had a baby dedication. And I think there were like 10 or 11 families up here with little ones. You see, our words have this opportunity to set the course of someone's life. I want to talk to you about legacy for just a moment. The power of our words to bless or to curse. The power of our words to set the course of someone's life. You see, for those of us that might struggle, and maybe from the places of which we grew up, or the effect that we've had in life, you see, we may curse or use bad language gossip or have jealousy or any of those things, maybe because we heard a lot of that in high school. Kind of if you went to public school, if you rode a school bus, hello, you got a fast-track education to a lot of the struggling things that happen in life, right? But chances are of all of that stuff that the Bible addresses and that we know can be problem areas in our house, It didn't start in high school. For so many, it started in our homes. In our home. My kids can tell you that they have never heard me curse in our home. In fact, I had to add a little addendum. I don't think they've ever heard me curse. But my kids have never heard me curse in our home. And my feeling is, do you know why? Listen, I went to public school. I rode a school bus to school. But do you know why it's not a part of my life? Because I never once ever heard my father curse my entire life growing up. When I realized that one day I am going to stand before God and be judged for the words that I say, I am glad that I had parents to leave me a legacy, that one day I will not have to stand before God and give a massive account for the things that came out of my mouth. And I felt like I needed to challenge everybody today, but I needed to challenge young families, you moms and dads that have these little ones in your house. Listen, we could include jealousy, gossip, care. We learned it at home. It's a legacy. It's a legacy whether we understood that it was attaching itself to our life or not. And the longer that we were around it, the more it penetrated into our hearts. And the sad thing is, is that when people have a realization of those things that get called out, very oftentimes they will say, I didn't even know. It was happening. And I want to challenge you today. If there is verbal accountability that we will all have before God one day, then moms and dads, my prayer for us today is that maybe we need to have a conversation amongst you. Maybe in your home there needs to be an opportunity to recognize what legacy are we building? What testimony will our kids be able to say one day about how we have led them in our home you see that's the difference between the the blessings and the cursings I wouldn't imagine any of us are going to use those kind of words or that kind of style here in church on Sunday but the challenge is are they happening in our home Monday through Saturday and so moms and dads as we said today then I'm going to ask if you would lead the charge in your home to pray Maybe there needs to be forgiveness of foolish actions, foolish words that you continue to say in front of your little ones. The reason why they come out of you probably so easily today is because you've heard it in the impressionable parts of your days. Say, oh, Pastor, is it really a big deal? I don't know, if Jesus had to address it over and over, if James had to write almost an entire chapter about it, how many think it's probably good that we take a few moments this week, today, and consider our actions? Maybe you need to make a new plan for your households. I think I've told you before, back in the day when we were doing youth ministry and we would challenge our students on some of this, we started what we called a tongue fund So, it was for missions. Every time they would say a bad word or or say something wrong or whatever, back in the day, I think they had to put a quarter in the jar. I think by the end of the first week, our students like gave $1,000 to missions that year, right? You see, until you start kind of thinking about it and holding yourself accountable, you probably don't even know how many... What are the words what is the foolishness what are the the attitudes or the angles that come out of my mouth that are not benefiting those people they're not benefiting my children and ultimately they are not benefiting me my prayer is that you will start a new legacy for your future why because one day you're going to give an account moms and dads why i want to kind of hit you a little harder this morning is because one day your kids are going to stand before god You see, and the excuse isn't going to be, well, God, I'm sorry, it was was my parents' fault. God's going to, no, no, that doesn't work for you and for your house. So you had an opportunity to break that chain. And so today is the day that for all of us, I believe that we make that prayer. I know people say, well, pastor, they're just words. Listen, you can tell me that, but I wonder if you're going to tell God that on judgment day. I doubt that any of us are going to say, come on, God. They were just words. I have a sister-in-law who says, it's just farm talk, Jim. Leave me alone. Whatever it is, I pray that before we close today, that God will allow the truth of his word just to challenge us. Can we do better? Let me leave you with this. I'm going to ask the band just to share just a small, small part of that song that we sang a little earlier. Because I think it's in such great contrast to what the message is today is that I speak Jesus. Listen, if you can speak Jesus, but you can speak every other curse word as well, I think you need to check your hearts. Listen, you can fight me on it. That's okay. You can tell me they're they're just words. They don't mean anything. I'm not standing before God for you you are. All I would simply ask is, have you really prayed about that, like seriously in your heart? The words that we left our chapel in Bible College every day was Psalms 19, and it said this, let the words of my mouth and the meditation of my heart be acceptable in thy sight, O Lord, my strength and my redeemer you bow your heads, would you just take a moment and ask God, if this word has hit you today, say God, I'm opening up my heart for what he has for us today.